Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm Dave Fenoy, and I want to say uh, I'm really into the Spawn on Me podcast, and I know it sounds like you're going to get something on you that needs to be washed off, but no, really, it's, it's, it's not like that. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, uh, the stubby one, uh, the Stanley one, the Baron of Bourbon himself, uh, the one and only Mrs. Sister of Holmes, a.k.a. Sneezes, a.k.a. Seizes, the great subnosticator, and the Bruce Wayne of Bricago. Where does he get those wonderful toys? And I am joined this week and every week with the King of the North, the King mm. Beyond the Wall. That man bag of bones. He makes walls look good. He makes science look good. He makes afros look good. He makes video gaming look good. He is the one and only Mr. Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I like walls look good. That's pretty dope. Like Thank that you. can that applies to so many things. It like, does. I, it does. Like it applies to the wall, obviously, that separates right. like Wisconsin from <laughs> from the rest of the country. Uh, right. Also applies to houses, like 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 my walls. I got all kind of dope figures and that's right pictures up on my walls that's here. Right. So so the walls here like uh, also look good. So yeah, yeah they I, do. I like that multifaceted compliment. There you go. I there you go. There are many layers uh, like to the it. thing. So so uh, how's the week been for you, sir? Week has been very hectic. Uh, this is the end of the semester for a yeah. lot of people. So my tutoring, um, honestly, it's not really the kids. It's mostly the parents that freak out at this time. <laughs> so most of my sessions are like, I got to spend extra time before and after kind of consoling parents that are like going nuts and, you know, yeah. um, and also it's a, you know, it's a hard time, you know, like my girlfriend is a college professor, so she, you know, goes through a grading marathon after finals to get grades in on time, you know? So yeah, pretty, pretty stressful times. And combined with that, um, we're in the middle of rehoming, uh, our latest cat. Um, yeah. So over the summer we got a new cat, um, which is actually one of my girlfriend's old cats. Right. Which is crazy. That's a whole, yeah. And it just hasn't been working out. So, um, we went to the vet and like the vet was like, yo, I think she needs to be somewhere else. There's obviously a lot of stress and all that stuff. So yeah. So like, that's also been a stressful thing for us because it, because you know, you feel like a failure when you can't make it work with the pets, even though it's not your fault. Um, so, so yeah, definitely been a bit of a tense time in the, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, reefy household. So, yeah, well, you know what? Sh- shout out to all of the black academics, all of the educators that are out there, um, both in Chicago and the, the rest of the world. You guys are you are doing uh, the universe's work right now. And, uh, you know, I believe the children are our future and you guys are teaching them well and helping them lead the way. Um, yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, show them all the beauty they possess inside. Um, so sense of pride. Yeah, I so, couldn't tell if you were doing the actual song or like sexual chocolate uh, right, right. Uh, <laughs> version of uh, oh, the greatest. Man. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, so um, uh, a, a great thing that happened uh, was. We released not one, but two episodes last week. Uh, some of you may have seen, heard them. Uh, some of you may not have. But uh, 266 and 267 came out last week. 266 had our impressions of the Game Awards, mine and Sharif's, on there. And uh, 267, we talked about some of the aftermath of uh, yep. what happened in, at the Game Awards. And also... Uh, Riot Games COO Scott Gelb and his proclivity for nut punching. So yeah. if you if you missed that, uh, please go back and listen to it. Uh, if you did listen to it, go back and listen to it again because uh, there was there was some funny stuff in there. Um, but uh, there has been some uh, amazing stuff, some like breaking news. Do, 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 uh, yes. yeah, like just before. We 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 started tonight. Uh, some news came in uh, again, right off the heels of the Game Awards. Uh, we learned some things about Epic Games, and we kind of talked about Epic Games as a middleware, uh, like a middleware publisher, and and uh, how they're allowing uh, their tools to be used for by single A and double double A uh, developers, and and part of a part of that story that we talked about uh, when we talked about it last week. Um, a, a thing that was kind of said and then brushed aside was the fact that they, that Epic had also opened up their own game store, uh, yeah. uh, you know, very similar to Steam, the Epic store. And uh, in there, one of the things that they're trying to do is make sure that some of the developers, the developers that publish on their on their service receive more of the profits um, so that, you know, it's definitely something that uh you know bringing competition to that game to that space is is something that is desperately needed um but in addition to that we found out uh they've got like one of their very first big big exclusives and that is the continuation of the final season of the walking dead the video game um, that's pretty big. Reef, uh, what do you think about this? Look, I support anything that is competition, especially with a system like Steam that is like reigned unchallenged. Sure. Uh, and obviously there have been, you know, your indie, your Ichios, your Desoros and that kind of stuff, but nobody that really challenged in terms of big third party stuff, unless you count console specific well, i mean like dev specific like you play right in origin, right, origin right. and that kind of stuff and those systems do have i mean those services do have games other games on them so they try to do it right like um e even uh you know like a battle net with you know call of duty and destiny on the pc versions but epic is really going for a more broadly um a more broad store right and i think that walking dead you know it's closing out this uh series which you know really made a really i think really brought back sort of this point and click 
genre into the mainstream. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, is a great get. Um, I'm trying to figure out because the story in like a polygon says this is the, that the third episode will be the first season's PC entry to not drop on other storefronts. So that makes me think it's exclusive to Epic. Yeah. But then they also say that if you have the season pass, if you bought the season pass on steam, you'll still get the rest of the episodes on steam. Oh, okay. So, so, so I don't know if it's that, you can only individually buy them on Epic, but if you already pre-purchase them on Steam or on the Humble, that like you'll get it there. Um, but they do say that like um, there is a uh, suggestion from a press release that Epic helped fund development of the last right. two episodes, which is why they're really going for the ex- exclusivity. But like that basically means anybody that didn't buy the season pass, or if like as like a lot of people, people wait until they're all done and just buy them in one package. Right. Um, that'll be on the Epic store ex- yeah. ex- exclusively. Um, I think it's great. Like valve needs to step their shit up. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, I'm glad that other companies are realizing that there's other paths and Epic is giving these companies a lot more money, a lot, lot more money. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's going to have, even ramifications beyond uh, gaming, because I know that once Valve kind of set that like uh, that seventy thirty thing, that became the basis for like the App Store on iPhones. Right. For most digital storefronts, kind of set their like developer like percentages based on that. So, so I'm hoping that like this means that devs can get more money on like things outside of like gaming as well, because they deserve it. Like like they make the damn game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't disagree. And you, you know what's funny as as I was listening to you talk, uh, the the thing that I sat back and thought about was how I've heard people grumble about Steam, but I I haven't heard people speak about Steam with open or even veiled hostility. Um, Outside of, oh, you know, this policy wasn't wasn't good or that policy I didn't like or whatever. Um, but it, I, I think that now that there are uh, some extra challenges or, you know, there's more competition in that market. Do you do you think uh, these challengers are are really going to. Uh, affect Valve's bottom line vis-a-vis Steam? Uh, do you think that uh, they're going to have to kind of bow to the competition in any way? Yeah, I think they'll be forced to react for sure. I I, I think they'll have to change their percentages. Um, I think if they don't and they see that other companies are, are successful on the Epic Store, I think companies are going to start to choose choose like there. And like because like right now it's not only the money problem, a big problem on a lot of storefronts, but I think Steam is probably the most egregious is discoverability. Sure. Like there's so many games on there that if you launch, it's almost like if people don't see you as soon as you come out, you just get lost right. in these big ass lists and filters and stuff. So Epic doesn't have a lot now. So if you get on there, you'll get a lot more attention sure. and more money per like uh per uh, sale so 
So I think that, you know, that um, both of those things are working against Valve. So I think Valve, at the very least, will... I don't think they can just ignore Epic, I guess, is, like, what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's possible that the that the, that the financials will, like, uh, change for sure. Have you uh, have you perused the Epic Store? Yeah. Um, oh, have yeah. You, have you bought anything from them? Uh, so I bought a, so like we have a review copy of, uh, Hades, which I've been like, uh, playing through, which right. is the, uh, su- the, uh, super giant games, right. uh, yeah. their latest game, uh, makers of, you know, Bastion and Transistor and such. Um, and, and also they're releasing a free game every two weeks right. on the wow. Epic store. Yeah. So crazy. the free game now is Subnautica. Oh, wow. Like a, yeah. Like an underwater game that I never really yeah. got to play a lot. Yeah. Um, so like I uh, getting that is dope. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's not a lot on there now. Like it's pretty much like the Epic stuff that was always on there, like Fortnite and unreal and like all sure. that stuff. But, um, no, I mean, they have, you know, some other third, third parties on there and they're getting more every day. Um, but as of now, it's super easy to like, to like discover and like find stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if they're going to, uh, deal with the same ESRB stuff that uh, Steam dealt with um, on on their store? I don't know, because I feel like a lot of other... I, I, I don't know if they've come out and said anything publicly about it, but I think a lot of other stores have been very upfront that they'll allow adult content on there. Mm-hmm. Steam has been the one, and I think mainly this is coming from, uh, from, from Gabe uh, Newell, who's trying to play sort of the morality police a bit sure um kind of kind of reminds me a bit about how like when like nintendo was like you know we're the family friendly company and we'll never allow you know blood and uh satanic stuff in our games because we care about you know kids <laughs> i like feel like gabe was kind of has been trying to do that a bit um when in reality it's like just you know put up the warnings and right. trust that people can police themselves yeah um you know, so I think that the other companies have kind of jumped on that, especially companies like uh, it, like uh, Itchio and uh, and uh, Desora that like that say like, "Yo, we have everything." Right. So as long as it's not like straight up like porn or whatever, you know, like we'll we'll like sell it. Um, so uh, so um, yeah, I doubt Epic will have those uh those problems. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, speaking of the morality police, um, the Federal Commission on School Safety um, this week talked about the ESRB and uh, and there and the ESRB and video games roles in school shootings and uh, the, you know, the violence in schools. And of course, Reef. They came out and said the obvious thing, which is that video games is the cause of all of it, right? Yeah, they. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, I was a little worried because, like, the people on this committee are like, like Betsy DeVos, who yeah. clearly knows nothing yeah, about education. In Secretary general. of Education, you know, she's the smartest, you know? smartest uh, American. Duh. Yeah, they. I mean, like, really, like the fucking, uh, like. First of all, like the people on this panel is kind of weird. So it's Betsy DeVos, it's the acting U.S. Attorney General. Like, what the fuck do they know about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Sure. 
Like what the fuck? Like get this some is people. All on like, brand. Like a man. Like what I'm saying is, what was their uh, priority with this and their other stuff? Like, oh yeah, well, like like you know what I mean? Like it, so, I was a little worried that like they would just blow this off and say, yeah, of course, like you. You like play, uh, you know, uh, Doom, and the next thing you know, you're going to school, and you're trying to do do like glory kills on your fucking teachers or something, you know. Right. Um, but no, they did have a dash of sense, and they basically said that the ESRB ratings, sorry, the ESRB rating system is well known among consumers and succeeds in its goal of keeping mature games out of the hands of children. Now, I think that it is well known. I don't know if it succeeds in its goal, but it's not its fault. That's mainly right. because the stores will sell anything and they don't fucking uh, ID people. Well, and I will like say uh, as a person that, you know, used to work as as a retailer that sold video games, um, I at least on the, the company, company that I worked for was very, very, very stringent about selling mature rated games um i don't know i i've seen it too many times where some 10 year old kid will go in and buy like gta 5 or something Uh, yeah um you know yeah that would that that's where where i was that was a fireable offense like it wasn't even it wasn't even a uh you get a warning it was it was a fireable offense i mean it it should be you know but but but, uh, but yeah, it's it's like pretty good because you know they had some like psychologists uh, uh, come come on and like yeah they basically were like yo there's parental controls and parents need to talk to their kids about what games are appropriate. It was like very sensible compared <laughs> to the people on this panel. Like right, I was like, right. well, I was like. Maybe Bessie DeVos doesn't know shit about education because she plays a hell of a lot of video games. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, maybe, maybe she's a gamer. I don't know. You know? Um, Would that change your opinion of her? <laughs> it might. It might. You know? So, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with this because if you remember last year, I forgot what school shooting it was, but yeah. like Donald Trump. like Take he, your pick, bro. Yeah. Like he started this like committee, but they – they created this this video of like video game violence, mm-hmm. and most of it was like really old shit, like 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 no Russian from like right. Modern Warfare to, right. and like you know scenes you know scenes from like Serious Sam, like just really outdated <laughs> shit, and Duke like Nukem. And, yeah, it was ridiculous, and like like I showed it in my college class, and like most of the kids didn't even recognize half the games in the wow. fucking video. You know, right. so like, uh, so like, so they showed that, and like, I was like, "Oh Lord, I know what this commission is going to say." But you know what? They actually came came through on the gaming side. Yeah. Now, now there are other recommendations, uh, not quite so good. Yeah. Well, um, you know, <laughs> so so they also recommended that uh, uh, that s- staff, faculty, and staff at. Uh, Elementary, middle, and high schools around the country should be armed, um, yep. which is absolutely cuckoo bananas. Um, I don't know how many of you know teachers. I don't know how many of you in Chicago are teachers yourselves. Um, but those of you who who know teachers who have teenage children, 
that go to uh, an inner city public school would know what a a clusterfuck this would be um, to arm arm uh, untrained adults with to give them weapons in these schools uh, is just crazy town. Just like think about like in high school, everybody had that one kind of like off kilter gym teacher that uh, also had to teach like health and like uh, sex education. You want that motherfucker uh, with a gun? I don't shout think out, so. Shout out to Mr. Zapola, man. Yeah. Uh, what's I, up yeah, with you, you tough guy? Yeah. Do you, do, do, do you want your like Chuck Nar, like your Clint Eastwood type like shop teacher to have a fucking <laughs> rifle? Like in his in his back in his backpack. So you know, you know I mean? man, I'm not even worried. Like, I worry less about the teachers than I do the students. Like, the second a student knows that somebody's got a weapon, like they could just wall out. Like it's yeah, it's just. I agree. Or, or a teacher could just have have had enough, and they could wall out. Like yes, it's just I agree. it is it is it is. Uh, you know, prone to wilding out. That like that could be the reason that they shut it down. Uh, that'd be the official thing. Like, man, these Mickey Fees is gonna wild out and, and be like, all right, we shut this down. Um, but they didn't do that. Um, you know, basically, arming arming teachers in schools is the Trump administration, the homeschool game. Like that's that's all that is. It's just yeah. a, a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Um, but yeah. uh yeah and that's so, where this commission lived up to the yeah to, to what I was expecting right, to their expectations. Um yeah. I I do think that there was a level of I don't I I'm not going to say self-preservation but but I think that they didn't necessarily want to open up uh Pandora's box um with with a ruling that talked about the MR, the ESRB uh being uh not necessarily up to snuff. Um, and this will tie into our next story a little, um, because I think that if they had said that about the ESRB and, and, you know, said that the ESRB was unsuccessful in, in its core mission, um, they would also have to look at the MPAA, uh, the motion picture association of America and their ratings Mm -hmm. board. Um, and, uh, you know, and then that's the, to be frank, I think that's just too much work. And that's not mm-hmm. something that they would, you know, they necessarily want to attack. Not to say that I think that their findings were false, but I think that the I think that that portion of it may have may have also led led them down the path with which they took, um, because it is it it is almost incongruent with with the next decision that they made, which was uh, to arm to arm teachers. Um, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, but, uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to uh, our buddy, Charlie Hall, um, over at Polygon who wrote that story. Uh, you know, thank you for going out and doing God's work, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> it really does scare me though, to think about, and I don't want to say the next school shooting, but it really is the fucking next school. It's, shooting. It is the like, next school shooting. Yeah. If there is a goddamn bunch of teachers like right shooting the wrong, oh God, I just can't, I, oh my God, it like. I would be so scared to be right. a parent. Like, like if this actually happens, I would be so scared to be a parent of an elementary school kid. Right. Well, you like, know, I mean, like it's already scary. Right. Um, but wow, I would just, 
Man. The you know the well the two places that you you're supposed to feel safe after you leave your home are church and school. And both of those places places are getting shot up. So uh joy. It is tis the season. So <laughs> um, but but I I I think though that um all of that being said, uh, I, I think that the that this federal uh, commission on school safety uh, definitely didn't want to open up the Pandora's box that is, um, you know, talking bad about this ratings board um, without any empirical data, um, because then that would lead it lead to lots of other uh, things being brought up. Uh, and, you know, speaking of lots of other things being brought up as a result of uh, some type of litigious work, um, we're going to talk about Epic again. And the big news of the week, I think, uh, which mm-hmm. is Carlton Banks himself, the tap dance kid, uh, <laughs> Rick, Rick Schroeder's black friend from Silver Spoons. Um <laughs> AKA Alfonso Ribeiro is suing both 2K Activision and or 2K Games and Epic Games for the improper use of his intellectual property or his uh, what what did they, they use the uh, well he, he popularized of it's not intellectual property because yeah. as current current uh, law you can't right. like trademark or copyright a dance right uh well i'll say there's no precedent for it I'll that is that. correct but clearly it is publicly identifiable as his like in mainstream right. culture it is identifiable as his and his alone right and, and I'm pretty sure that might be the argument that they're going to make is that we know that there's no precedent, but come on, judge, come on, come on, right. man, come on. I think that's what they think is going to be. Come on, judge, come on. Right, like, right. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So uh, he is he is uh, suing them for uh, the fact that they have motion captured uh, and have and have profited from. Uh, th- an emote that mimics his dance that he popularized on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, to the motion, uh, you know, it is the Carlton dance. I don't think they call it the Carlton dance. Um, if they do call it the Carlton dance, then that, you know, no, gives no, even it, more credence. Well, it's, it's called fresh. Oh, so okay. Fresh <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and I don't know what it's called in 2k. Um, but you know, it is, it is a dance. Uh, it is an, uh, a thing that you can do that you can um, uh, receive or only receive if you pay money for it. So the the company is definitely profiting off of uh, this use. Um, and I think that, you know, we've we talked about this months ago with two Millie and, you know, as we've as we kind of had the think pieces about uh, Epic's responsibility uh, with regards to these creators that they have, uh, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say stolen from, but borrowed heavily from, um, you know, uh, and, you know, I, I think it's up to the court of law to, to decide whether or not they have stolen from these people. Um, but I think 
as a result of the suit that came out this week, we are closer than we've ever been to legitimately finding out the answer if they did steal from uh, from these creators. So, uh, you know, uh, Reef, what what do you think about uh, the the magnitude and the the implications of of Alfonso's suit? I think it's huge. Um, I think you know Alfonso is obviously a you know well known actor. He's been around for a while now, so I don't think he would bring this up if it was not possible to win. Highly possible. Like I'm pretty sure his lawyers would advise him against it. So the fact that they're all doing it, I think they're like, we can do this. And you know, this has more credence to me than two Millie suing Epic. Sure. Right. Or, or that uh backpack kid that did the floss dance or whatever, um, who I'd never heard of until I started researching this story. I'd never uh-huh. even heard of that whole thing. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So I think that, as these like MMO ish online games become bigger and they become sort of the social platforms of gamers, right. even more so than the games like themselves and, and things like emotes and all that, you know, obviously they've always been big with games like wow and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. now that they're actually going to be based on stuff and there's such a big demand for that, um, this is going to be big. Like this means that if you want to use these popular things, you're going to have to pay for them. And to me, the the companies are just being like greedy because it's totally worth it for them to pay for this shit because people want it. And you could like I was saying with the two milli shit last time, I was like, yo, at least just put a link up to their website or download right. or iTunes or something, you know, um, or just pay that person, you know, the rights to like use it. So. I think Alfonso is doing this because he knows he that he well his legal team knows they have a good chance at like a winning it, and I think they need to be paying these people. You know, I think Epic needs to do it, uh, Activision needs to do it for uh, Destiny, um, Take Two needs needs to do it for uh, NBA Two K. You know, like I I think that uh, that's all the same company, Activision, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So so I I I think that they all need to do it. There there is uh so, um the story we linked to was from NBC News, and in that they have this uh, long form GIF of uh first Alfonso Ribeiro doing the doing the dance. And then they just go through a bunch of games. Rift, Saints Row the Third, Guilds War Two, uh, League of Legends, uh, you know, not to mention Uncharted Three, Uncharted Four, uh, Destiny, 2K. Like, there's so many games that have done Doom have have used the the uh the the Carlton dance. Yeah. Uh, Watch Dogs Two, like it's oh, wow. all over the place. Yeah, it's all over the place. Um, and the interesting thing that that his lawyers are doing is they're trying to distance themselves actually from Two Millie and uh, you know, Floss Boy, um, and like they, and I think the reason is is there is there is. Uh, some language in the copyright that says that you can't on on language on how you can't copyright a dance move and why you can't um, because you know one that is simple and uh, 
this is uh what does it say this this type of claim is generally made in connection with the use of someone's actual picture or name or, or on a product or in an advertisement uh and uh it says something about and i can't find it now but it says something about basically that if the routine is very short uh even if it is unique it can't be it can't be copyrighted um and his lawyer said um Mr. Ribeiro's dance has multiple steps put together in a very creative way that would give him strong protection. Uh, and 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 uh, on the on the opposite side, he says the Millie dance has fewer elements to it. So he's definitely they're definitely trying their their argument is going to uh, promote Ribeiro's case while also uh, diminishing, trying to diminish or at least distance themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, so I wonder if if that will do anything for them or will help or hurt their cause um, going down the line. What do you think, Rick? Uh, I think it'll help it. Like, I, I really do. Um, you know, um, I, ag- again, to reiterate what I said earlier, I think that, Alfonso's team wouldn't take this. Right. Like he's he doesn't need like fucking. Well, I don't think he needs like money from this shit. Like he's just like I think he's doing this to make a point about his brand mm-hmm. and you know what has helped build him into a star was that that dance. You know what right. I mean? Now to me, it was really that episode. Uh, Fresh Prince, where he got that gun and like he turned gangster, like right. shoot the shit out of these motherfuckers. You know, that to me was the dopest right. Carlton moment. Uh, when when like I, th- I think it was like what Will got shot or robbed yeah, in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, and, and it was like my man had to burn it. Like yo, yeah, I'm about to lie yeah. on these fools. I was like yes, um, but like whatever. You you guys can have the Carlton dance, fine. Right. Um, you know, but. But um, no, I mean, I think that that is, you know, a big part of what has made him an enduring character for 20 years, you know. And uh, as I said before, there's nobody that can say that somebody else did that or or that dance could be attributed to anybody else. So he has a very unique case. Now, the Millie Rock is similar, but that's new. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't think it has the same like uh, power as as a. as a Carlton, you know, so I think he's going to use that. I think that the Carlton is something the judge will be familiar with as right. opposed to the Millie rock. He's like, the, what are you talking about? Like, like the right. Milwaukee rock. Is that like, right. you know, so, so yeah, I, I, I think they got it, man. I, yeah. I think even if it's something like an out of court, even if it's like an out of court settlement or something, I, right. I can see Epic's making enough money from Fortnite. They're like, whatever, just, just, that you think so man i don't think this will this will stand up in court i don't think it'll stand up in court enough for them to even wonder or worry about uh settling okay out, out of court on on this um because it it does open epic up to more suits because you know i mean it's clear it's definitely clear that you know they didn't create these dances they didn't create these uh emotes that they're using 
and then you know every emote that that essentially like 90% of their emotes are more than just generic they're unique in a way that makes them you know that makes them uh desirable by by their fans so as a result of that they're going to have to pay lots of someone something and I don't, I don't think that that's something that they want to have to do or even No, I don't think that's to what's going to happen. I I think if they if if they lose this suit they're either going to drop the emos out of the game until they're changed or they're going to like say hey like we'll give you this percentage of you know um something. I I don't think like I agree they're they're not going to have a lawsuit and stuff from every single person that's responsible for an emote. Like I saw the fucking in Destiny, I saw they had the emote from uh, Pulp Fiction where John Travolta is like looking around, like he's confused. Right. right. Like is John Travolta going to sue Activision? Like yo, like like give me that check for that. You know what I mean? Oh, the one I, where he's the oh women not holding the, his like not the one where his, he's dancing where he's doing like the Batusi and whatever. no 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. He's he's like holding his coat and kind of looking around. Oh, I think yeah, it's when yeah. he first walks in after um, that dude like overdoses on uh, right, right, right on drugs or okay. whatever. But um, but uh, yeah. So I I think that they would settle with Alfonso and then they release some some us uh, statement like, hey fans, we hear you, and from now on, like uh, we're like gonna you know give people a a one time payment or whatever, or like we're gonna you know do like some i i think it would be something more like that i don't think that like they would like lose to alfonso and then like try to like double down on everybody else or something like that you know no yeah i think that i think that the the fact that uh you know if they pay alfonso ribeiro if if epic has to if you know because if if epic has to then all of the other companies all of the other publishers that are responsible for the litany of games that i that i've rattled off on that are on that gif and you know they're probably not all of them would also have to pay alfonso ribeiro and i think that that opens that opens the industry up to a like it fundamentally changes uh the the like you know both the free to play model and also the you know the the like the the team shop model where um you don't have pay to win stuff and you know one of the things that you do wind up monetizing are emote you know are emotes um it yeah but that's fun- so easy to change fundamentally changes that though it, you know, it, it it's, fundamentally it's change anything because you just give a percentage to somebody well yeah you still then- make money off the shit yeah, you're still making money, but now you've got to, you know, but then you, you know, you open yourself up to disputes about who created what and whether or not that's, you know, that's a license to a person or, uh, you know, uh, is that fair use? You know, I well, mean, like all of those things. Use. Yeah, fair like all of, right, right. All of that stuff is, is going to be left up to be litigated now see if, but i if, think that's why the alfonso case is so good because there is no question as to who it belongs to sure and sure. i think and that's that, the only thing that can succeed in the courtroom i i agree i just don't think it will i don't think i don't think uh there is a judge around that wants to be the judge that responds you know that is the one that says oh yeah i'm creating this precedent I don't think I don't think that a judge no? there's there's a judge that wants to be that person and I'm I think that 
companies like Epic, um, you know, if if Epic and 2K are co-defendants in this suit against Alfonso Ribeiro, imagine the type of law law team that they'll be able to assemble Activision, Blizzard and Epic right now. So I think that they're those two teams would be willing to wait that out and bank on a judge after they hear opening arguments on that would um, or a, at least exploratory stuff. They that they would be banking on the judge saying, nah, yeah, this is this is ridiculous. Um, you know, I understand who it is and what it is and all that other stuff, but uh, it, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I don't know. I, I feel like judges want to separate. They they want to. Well, well, some judges like the. Yes, you want your name and you want yeah. your name. You want your name associated with something that is historic. Yeah. But, but there is good historic and there is bad historic, and this would be, I think, um, good historic in the short term, completely and awful historic in the long term, and and I don't think it's something that a. Uh, a, a judge, a litigator would 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 like to uh, have to adjudicate. So yeah. So so how how would you feel if um, you know uh, all these games tomorrow said we're all the emails are behind a paywall now and you'll have to pay a dollar to to access it and we're given you know. What, like a what, ten cents, or like a whatever percentage of the people right. would would you go through and purchase your favorite emos, or like a, would you kind of say like this microtransaction shit is whack? Uh, you know, are, are we talking? We're talking the royal me right now, or the royal you? Not I'm like talking about you, me personally, you Stubby Stan, Cicero Holmes, Bruce Wayne, Upper Chicago, Caesus, Sneezes, all of your personalities, right? Uh, all of those personalities collectively, we say hell nah. I ain't paying for that shit. I don't pay for that shit now. Um, you know what though? I take that back. I think you would. I take that back. I take you that said back. you you said you're four seasons in Madden, so you're telling me it. If there's a touchdown like celebration that you really like, and like they said, "Yo, pay ninety nine cents now and you get it," I think you'd get it. So, so I, I, I so I, I immediately walked back, me saying, "Hell nah," because I have bought the Carlton dance in a game or two, but I've never actually spent. I didn't load the game up with money to purchase a thing. But like I have bought collector's editions of games that will give you points for things. And I have used those points on on more than one occasion to buy the Carlton dance um, because it's an awesome dance. Right. Um, but as a rule, I don't spend like I would not spend ninety nine cents on a dance. There's a lot of people that would, man. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Like, like yeah. Like, so if we yeah. were going to talk royal you, well, you know, well, if well, I was I, like representative of uh, of well, the yeah, I, community of I gamers, wanted your personal opinion. Yes. First, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I just, think yeah, I just would I just wouldn't do it because now I would probably you know the funny thing is and you know I'm I'm nothing if not um, a conundrum and a hypocrite. The funny <laughs> thing is. That if 
if they came out, if these game companies came out and said, "Hey, look, we're buy- we've got these emotes. We're 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 selling the emotes like we always have, but now the only difference is a portion of the proceeds of these emotes. You know, like we, you know, whatever in the pool once a month, we give ten percent to the creators of the of the emotes that we've we borrowed from. Um, I'd probably be more likely to purchase emotes." Okay. Then I would. Then I. Then I am currently, which is like no, because I'm not spending money on dumb shit. So, um, so yeah, you know, so for, so the activist in me would support the the big corporation who is helping the creators help them make more money off of the things that they've created. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I think, as I said before. I think the same shit. I'm pretty sure Anthem is gonna have freaking uh, emotes and Maybe stuff. Maybe not in there. now. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure that the Division Two, when that comes out, yeah. you know, actually the yeah, Division has some really good, uh, really good emotes. I think we're all unique. At least I didn't recognize them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So well, yeah. Sure ain't that- no Carl. Ain't no Carlton dancing in the near apocalypse. Yeah, you know, but like you could do like a jumping jacks events. and shit like everywhere, yeah, which yeah, which is always my favorite emote right, was to be in the right. dark zone and just like kill somebody and do jumping jacks, do jumping jacks afterwards. Yeah, Jack Lane's gonna sue you guys now. Jack Lane's gonna sue Ubisoft for uh, the jumping jack. I feel like Jack so. Lane is still alive somewhere. Uh, he's like, probably you know lifting lifting trains. Man, that dude with was, his teeth. Oh man, he was jacked. Yeah. He was one hundred and sixty eight. And he was Jack doing doing jump push-ups and shit like that. The best infomercials I yes. think were probably his. That dude was Yes. He's yeah. he amazing. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to the Lelane family. Yo. Shout out to Jack Lelane. I, yeah. I I I know he got a house somewhere in uh Bricago. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's got he's matter of fact, all our gyms are Jack Lelane's. <laughs> not even Bally totally total fitness. They're Jack Lelane's. Uh, ain't, ain't no LA fitness nah, out of here. Nah, Jack Lelane. Jack Lelane's. We got medicine balls up in here. <laughs> <laughs> and the joint and the uh and the joint did you put the you put the belt around your belly and it spins oh, yeah. you around. <laughs> That's right. It's we like got that joints and like yeah. And like maybe maybe a couple of shake of uh, shake weights. Yes, yes, we got a couple That's of shake it. weights. Uh, we got that the, that washing machine you put your head in, and you just sit in there. It's the it's the giant steamer. It just oh, closes around you like a like an iron lung. We got them joints too, yo. All of them, mm. all them joints are popping in the Jack Lane, yo. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, really interested in the story and I'm, I, and, and, um, despite, despite my, um, uh, my, you know, I guess negative attitude or, or, uh, my pessimism, I, I, I really am excited for what this story could mean for, um, these people who aren't as well off as, as, you know, presumably, as as Alfonso Ribeiro is and you know now have an opportunity to get get uh some recognition and get some attention for the things that that they created and that people have have borrowed heavily from and are profiting off of uh, handsomely so um you know more power to to all of those people um and and you know while we're talking about more power um we can talk about first person video games um because 
they're becoming more powerful because they're becoming more evolved. Um, you know, like it used to be you go and you play a first person video game and you'd say first person and the word after that always was shooter. And and now not so much. Um you know, Reef, you were you were reading Waypoint. And uh, they were talking about it. You know, shout out to to everybody over at Waypoint because if, you know, they're like, to me, I know they have their own, but to me, Waypoint, the site, is like the website version of Spawn on Me, the podcast. Yeah, I mean, they're they're great. Like, they're great. Shout shout out to them, Vice, Cast over there. Austin Walker, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, um, so like this was a story written by Cameron Kunzelman. I hope I did not mispronounce your last name. Um, very interesting story, though. As you said, see, you know, when first person really, I mean, obviously you had games like Mist and that kind of stuff, right. but I feel like really when you think about it in the 90s, you think of Doom and Quake and all the clones. Wolfenstein and, yeah. And, and yeah, first person was like, it was never just you. It was you, and in the center bottom was some kind of weapon. Right. It was either your fists, or it was a chainsaw, or it was some form of shotgun or chain right. gun or something. So right. it was almost like it was really just a vehicle for you to shoot people. It was a very visceral version of a video game where your relationship to the world was via destroying it, basically. Right. right? Um, and... Kind of like the next phase of the FPS that the article that it really lays out is like the sort of um, 2007 Bioshock and and Modern Warfare. God, those both came out in the same year, which is crazy. Yeah, crazy, yeah. Um, 07, baby. That like, uh, you, you know, like those kind of, you know, kind of dominated this thing for a decade, really. That like, you know... Bioshock definitely had a lot of like discovery and it was really about like sort of enjoying that environment, but it was a shooter, right? It was definitely more of an evolved shooter than doom was in that you could get through it. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, you didn't have to shoot things. You, you could use like the like environment, like electrocute people and that kind of stuff like that. Um, and of course, modern, modern warfare really, kind of like gave the template for like how to level up, how to slowly unlock things, how to give players that carrot to level up and prestige and like all that stuff. But when you think about first person games now, I don't always think about a shooter. I think about a game that I really enjoyed that actually just came out on the switch. I think this week, firewatch, right? Really, really cool. First person game. Um, And, you know, while there are, I don't think they're shooting in it. I know that there's parts where you have to use like a weapon to hit like a hit like gates and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember if there's any parts where you shoot in it. I don't. You don't shoot a person. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, there's no other. Well, spoiler alert: there's no other people in the game. Uh, well, there, not, there, there are people. Spoiler well, not alert, that there you see are people. There's the not game. people that you see. Yeah, there are. I should, I should probably edit that out. Uh, there, there are, are there? people. No. There are people that you see, and like I don't think very, you ever see it. Very early in the game, there are people on an island. Oh yeah, there's there's like those like girls that are yeah. partying at the yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. 
Wow, look at you, video game historian. That's right, baby. Stan. Yes, call um, me Mike Micah. I'm the Mike Micah of Bricago. Actually, Mike Micah is the Mike Micah of Bricago. So, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So um, they list a bunch of games that have been like very acclaimed as of late, and they're all first person games, but not shooters. Dear Esther, right. Tacoma, Stanley mm-hmm. Parable, sure. Thirty Flights of Loving, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, Proteus, Gone Home, mm-hmm. Virginia, The Beginner's Guide, The Magic Circle, and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Oh, yeah. So not only are these not shooter games, but they're also like super creative and very like they have their own stamp on the industry. You right. know, like they're all different from each other. And I feel like they represent sort of the final break of first personage from being tied to like only destroying things. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I think that like you can even, um, you know, um, l- look at a, well, I, I guess they already mentioned Gone Home, but you know, that probably is the one that you know was super controversial. I remember when it came out because everybody was like, oh, it's a walking simulator. Right. I, I think that was a game where that really became popular, like a popular diss, right? Right, it was walking simulator, which to me, right. I'm like, cool, yeah, that's awesome, right. exactly. Um, I like walking. Uh, yeah and yeah and they bring up even when games have a lot of action in it like resident evil 7 right i don't think many people think about the shooting first and foremost when they think about that game right like they think about like that first part where you're navigating through with no weapons Mm -hmm. and you gotta like freaking chainsaw your girl your girl you know your 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 girlfriend she cuts your fucking hand off and that kind of shit so so um yeah, I, I I think even with games now that have a lot of action, the defining moments are not about shooting. Um so I think it, it's a I think that the article is a cool kind of journey as to where the first person experience has like a taken us. One thing that the article doesn't mention a lot that I think is important is sort of the ultimate in first person stuff is VR. Yeah. You know, you put on that like yeah. headset, almost always first person. Right. And while there are a lot of shooting games in it, it's not not. I think the ones that are most memorable as of late are things like Tetris Effect, right, and Beat Saber. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like Astro Bear and like that kind of stuff. So, right. so um, yeah, I I think that um, the idea of doing things in like first person has evolved. I think it's great for the industry that everything isn't just about shooting because you know. Because uh, Bessie DeVos is watching. Right. Know? Yeah, she uh, is. She's ready to change watching. her mind whenever she's, uh, you know. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. I, you know, I, I would even say that the when you talk about VR, I would say that the first person shooter itself has evolved. And obviously it has evolved throughout the years. But but um, this just like want wanton destruction where it is like murder simulators um has changed a little. You look at games like Super Hot. Um yeah. where where yeah, it is I mean, for all intents and purposes, it is a first person shooter, um, whether you're playing in VR or 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 not. Um, but it is also in fact a puzzle game yeah, where sure. the mechanic is shooting. Um yes. and and you know really kind of turns that whole genre on its head uh with the way that it it has the player manipulate its gun and do the things that it does um the 
first-person shooter genre really kind of was was a one of those titanic shifts in in games um in the way that people uh played them and participated uh participated in them um for a lot of people before that shift uh reef if you think back to the first group of first person shooters that you played um and you know you went to your friends to, to talk about playing those games i'm sure that there was a collection of those friends that would say something like i can't play them yo yep. uh, i get motion sickness yeah from from playing them um i feel that like that group of people the the number of people that that uh feel that way has has lessened to an effect uh to a, mm-hmm. to a certain degree and and maybe that has a lot to do with you know faster frame rates for for those first person shooters um but i think also it you know it, like now that they're around uh and they're more readily available people have have grown accustomed to those sensations uh what i i will say is that some of the non-shooting first-person shooter games have made me motion sick. Mm. So, um, and it's, it is, and I've discovered what it is, um, but I don't know why this is. Um, okay. So games like Firewatch, Virginia, um, uh, The Witness, mm-hmm. they have a very unique art style. It's yep. kind of this quasi cell shaded hand drawn uh art style uh but they're also yeah they're also set in the first person and they use uh, you know maybe it's the unity engine that they're using um i think all of those games use unity uh maybe it's something in the in the engine where they do their motion but i get motion sick playing all of those games do you know what it might be? And I'll be really curious. I would want you to um, test this. It might be like a lot of those games implement like motion blur, like they have yeah. like a slight blurring on it. Sure. If you can't, if you you should maybe have have, have you tried to turn that on and off in some? Of I those have games? not. I have not. Um, uh, partially because I played all of those games on console, and I'm not sure if that's an oh, option. Oh yeah. So. Um, but if it is an option, I'll definitely try it. But yeah, I'd be uh, curious to see. Yeah, I I played <laughs> I played uh, Virginia for our Spawn for Good. I think two years ago, mm-hmm. and I almost threw up during the stream. <laughs> I, I was sweating profusely <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> it was, rid- oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. I it hope was you got crazy. some donations off that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I love y'all, but uh, <laughs> it was. It was. It was really. It was really, really tough. Um, so yeah, it is. It is interesting that uh, some of those games and those games are great. I, you know, I think. Uh, I think back to. Uh, me talking about the very beginning of Firewatch, um, and and how that impacted me on a very personal level. That I think, you know, that 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 neither you nor Ka had a perspective on. Right. Um, you know, it was it was very very touching for me. Um, and you know, it was, and I like I really wanted to finish that game, and I think I talked about it early on when when I was playing it initially. 
that, yeah, I just started feeling queasy and, it, you know, you know, maybe it was something I ate or something like that, but I realized it was actually the game. I haven't been able to go back and finish it. Um, and, and to, you know, to my shame, I just kind of watched the endings on YouTube because I just couldn't no, you know, play you, through it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to put like fans on me <laughs> to sit and play the game. Um, it's it's a really really weird sensation that I hadn't experienced before playing first person shooters, and it's it's interesting because um, you know as I get older and my you know my thirst for just killing shit diminishes a little bit more every every day, and yeah. I just kind of want to have. Uh, Thought uh, thought provoking experiences in in you know more and more thought provoking experiences in the games that I play. So um, games like Firewatch and games like Virginia and and uh, you know uh, The Witness um, are games that that are great conversation pieces. They're games that really make you think, um, and I want to experience those, but uh, it hurts. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. Uh... You know, our uh, DM for uh, Rivals of Waterdeep, uh, Car- yeah. Carlos Luna, he was talking about how he usually has motion sickness when he plays games and that he, he's been playing uh, Spider-Man, which is a third-person game. Right. But that game has all kind of, like, you're swinging all over the place, but he said he didn't feel it with that game yeah. in particular. So I think that, yeah, different people definitely have um, different uh, thresholds, you know. Right. Um, of that kind of stuff for sure. People, people are different. Picture that. How crazy is that? It is it's, crazy. It's so, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. We're all supposed to um, be the same. Yeah. You know, we are a monolith. Um, yeah. so, so Reef, you know, last week we ended the show with me spinning a yarn about, uh, my coworker. Uh, playing <laughs> E.T. the video game, uh, E.T. the movie, the game uh, for the very first time uh, on an emulator. Uh, that was a great story. Reef, uh, the time is now yours to tell us a great story. Sure. I mean, it kind of sucks because it's not like a personal story like yours uh, is. Uh, well, uh, yeah. But it's still great, I think. Yeah, um, it's still a great story. Yeah, so I um when I first started as a as a young uh, person navigating the internet uh post IRC chats and AOL chats and all that stuff when video started becoming something that you could actually like you know watch <laughs> um <laughs> I started watching the series uh at that time it was the angry Nintendo nerd and it was this like white dude that just would play Nintendo games and rage about them. Um, I remember some of my early favorites was he would play like, well, well, he would like play games and also like make fun of like the numerous translation and spelling errors that you wouldn't really notice <laughs> as a kid. Someone you know, set but, us up the bomb. Yeah, some of these games are just really, really bad. Like in major parts, right? You know, I feel asleep. <laughs> yeah 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 um, so um yeah so he you, you know he kind of went to the angry video game nerd because he started doing all kind of games outside of uh of uh of a nintendo i didn't know he was still making videos 
but he just released a new one where he's going over Home Alone games with the one and only, the good son. Yes. Which is what I remember him from, because that's like yes. my favorite thing that he's ever done. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. And funny enough, Macaulay Culkin looks kind of normal. Like all yeah. these photos I've seen of him in the past years, he's looked like a, he's looked kind of like how Justin Bieber looks now, like just a right. mess, <laughs> like his hair all frazzled, like just like looks like he literally just sniffed a line or something. You know what I mean? Um, it's a very very funny video. It's like a twenty minute video, and you know they're just going through these really bad like sixteen bit versions. Like they're all these crappy, all crappy platformers basically. You know. Right. Um, if you've ever played any of these, like, you know, um, like I talked about like, uh, platoon, like a last episode as like right. one of my least favorite, uh, games, these games all had sort of a, a, uh, template for them and they just basically plug different licenses into it. <laughs> like, uh, I was watching like the 16 bit version of, uh, this for the super Nintendo and it was almost exactly like Alf the game for the Sega master system, literally like almost the sound effects. Like no one, no one can tell me that they did not have a generic game that they literally had a piece in the code that was like plug in license. And it just populates (laughs) all the names and characters and shit. Like all these games are the fucking same. Like it also kind of reminded me of like the Roger rabbit, like the size scrolls things and like the Roger rabbit, which was not that bad actually. No, it wasn't that Um, bad actually. And yeah, they're just joking on these games, and it reminds me of why when you used to hear movie game, you used to like cringe right. because you know, like the ones that were good were good, right. but there were a lot of them that were really bad. Um, and most of them were not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like right now, like I I remember like you know when like I saw that like Avengers ultimate announcement during the game awards for like the switch, I was thinking like we've had 10 years of MCU and outside of the Lego games, why haven't we had fucking big budget video game versions of some of these movies? And I think when I think about these older games, this is why, because these games are usually shit and they don't recoup their massive licensing costs because the games are shitty. Right. And literally every single one of these games they play is shitty. And they play all of them. <laughs> they all look really bad. They it, all try including... to like shoehorn the the movie license into these weird games that involve things that are not even in the movies. Oh, it's just so, so bad. The, yeah, they even included a Home Alone PlayStation 2 exclusive that was exclusive only to Europe. Exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just like it's just so, f- and it's so funny to hear like um like a Macaulay Coke in there, obviously, because you you know he's just like, look, man, I just fuck like like I just got this money, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and and I'm not mad at him. Like, it's not like he was programming this shit. You know, he probably had he probably didn't even know these games are being made. Like, I'm pretty sure, right, right. <laughs> whoever his like agent was, was like, yo, I just it was I signed you his, up for folks. this fucking game. And, yep, and took eighty five percent of it. So, well, you know, I wonder how much money he actually got off of that because it's not the movie. Yeah, but I you think- know he didn't lend his likeness really. 
Um, you know, well, it was. I think he this... did because, like, they all like on the cover. They usually have him on it. You know, get right. But those are like the fucking... movie posters. Yeah, but they still. I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if his age. I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, these were contracts from the eighties and nineties, so they probably right. were bad. But I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, actually, you're right. I w- I would think that. It can kind of go either way because these games came out, I think, late enough when video games were a fad again that I would think that right. Home Alone, which came out, I think, in 1990 or 89 or yeah, something, that the agent would be like, yo, like he, like he would have licensed game, like, like, like he would get some kind of cut from if they use it for that in the same way that if there's a commercial or something, you know. Um, yeah. th- that they use it, so I would, would you, I would think yeah, at I least his know, agent man. got something. I don't know if he got it. Right. Um, well, his agent was his folks, and there was a big deal with that. So yeah, Macaulay Culkin's story is uh is an interesting one, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, and yeah, at the yeah, end okay. of and at the end of the article, Frank Cifaldi, you know, who is noted game historian. Shout out uh, to Frank. I don't know how he got this, but he basically has like the source code for Home Alone Two on the <laughs> NES, and he like just like tweeted it out, and it is basically they took they literally took the Simpsons NES game and just layered a bunch of Home Alone shit on it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, shout out yeah, to so- shout out to Frank Cifaldi. Um One day. Maybe in 2019, Frank Cifaldi will finally come to Bricago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, it's super interesting. I think yeah. that uh, you know, it's it's a funny video. I'd highly advise you watch it. It's just funny. And you know, if you think that he's funny, I would say go back ten years and watch some of these angry like Nintendo nerd ones where uh-huh. he's playing through like Karate Kid and Double Dragon Three. Oh man, Battle Toads, and you know, he's 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 very funny. Yeah, I'm only I'm only like tangentially aware of this guy, and we were talking about this off cast, and you were like, "Yeah, this was like the first dude yeah. that you knew uh, talking about video games." He was one internet. of the first people I remember to have a regular video game video series. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I did. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was that's new to me. Yeah, um, yeah I think I just. I want to say that he did a video on uh, there was this like European trucking game two or something like that, and the game was fundamentally broken. Uh, famously reviewed on uh, X Play with uh, Morgan Webb and and uh, you know our boy Adam Sessler, yes. um, but like it was it was. Uh, the 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 like the game like if you just went in reverse the game would go on forever and you could just oh yeah drive off of like it was just broken yeah i remember that like yeah broken broken um and i think he did a review of it and i saw that online one day yep um that was pretty cool but uh outside of that i don't think i've ever seen any of the stuff that he did yeah, well, hey, you watch. Uh, yeah, it's it's um. I'm pretty sure it's all up on YouTube, or maybe you find some real video. Because I think I watched them. Because like this was pre YouTube, and right. so I think I watched it either downloading the videos off of like 
you know, Morpheus or LimeWire, those things. Wow. Or or like or or I streamed them on like real video. Oh. In like oh QuickTime. You know, wow. like the, yeah. And then, yeah. And then you went to listen to music on Winamp. Yeah. It and, really kicks hey, the llama's ass. The llama's ass, man. Yeah. Yo, Winamp uh, was uh, Winamp. <laughs> no, nobody could fuck with with like Winamp. Winamp, back in the day. yeah. You had Winamp the fucking Equalizer. Yeah. Like Winamp a like like shit. all those skins. I had some yeah, dope skins. Yeah. I had some dope skins for some for, dope uh, Winamp, Winamp skins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. 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 Man, Winamp was uh, yeah. <laughs> was the shite. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Reef, if if Ricardo wants to talk about uh, what Winamp skins they had and wants to share with us. Uh, their nostalgic stories of angry uh, video game nerd. Um, where can they go to share that stuff with us? They can go to spawn on me. Sorry, spawn on dot me. Whoops. That is the website. Get the profiles of us. Get all the past episodes um, and all the other information that you need about who we are and what we do. Um, if you want to shoot us a quick message on Twitter, that's at spawn on me or on Facebook spawn on me podcast. Instagram spawn on me podcast is the username there um, as well. Um, and we, um, again, we've been on and off of Twitch, but our, but when we choose to resume on Twitch, hopefully soon, that'll be on Thursdays at seven 30 Pacific, uh, nine 30 central. Um, and our audio podcast is released on Tuesdays. Um, you know, on all your favorite podcatchers, you can catch us at Radio Public, NPR One, Google Play, iTunes, um, Stitcher, all that stuff. Um, and um, if you want to level up your Chicago support, um, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Spawn on Me. We just dropped two new episodes of the Patreon exclusive podcast, Spawn on Me After Dark. Um, and you, and you, you can also help fund our hardware, software and travel as well. So we can continue to bring you the news in only the way that we do. Um, and if you want to send us a email, if you cannot fit your thoughts at any of those other mediums, then you can send us spawn on me podcast at gmail.com. I love it. I love it. I gotta do it. Yeah, man. Um, so, oh, um, before we get out of here, uh, I want to say to uh, both of my brothers, uh, one that's here right now, one the other one that is in uh, uh, spiritual essence. Um, <laughs> the you know the year is is coming to an end. This may be, this won't be the last episode of the year, but it may be the last live episode of the year. Uh, and I want to say to both Sharif Jackson and to Khalif Adams, uh, there's nobody, nobody I'd rather be in, in the video game trenches with, uh, you are my brothers, my soul brothers. Number one. I love you guys. Uh, very, very Merry Christmas to both of you. Um, you know, and a joyous Kwanzaa. So, um, you know, uh, thanks, thanks for a, a fantastically memorable 2018. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, you know, doing what you do, um, both yeah. here and on rivals of Waterdeep and the Thank other you, stuff sir. and discovery debrief and all the other things that you contribute to always appreciate it. Um, and yeah, man, let's just rock out in 2019. You know, yeah, kinda, yeah, exactly. It's like so, coming uh, up soon. 
Yes. Uh, so, and Bricago, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. A very uh, Merry Christmas, a joyous Kwanzaa, a Happy New Year, Happy Festivus for the rest of us, uh, Happy Boxing Day, um, you know, whatever it is you're celebrating. If you're just celebrating being alive, uh, we're happy that you're doing it and you're happy. We're even more happy that you're doing it with us. So uh, thank you so much um, for the absent but not forgotten captain. Khalif Adams for his majesty, the king beyond the wall, Sharif Jackson. I am the Baron of Bourbon, Cicero Holmes. We say Merry Christmas and we also say Peace. Peace. Peace.